Please be seated. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that as we believe your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to have ascended into heaven, so we may also in heart and mind there ascend, and with him continually dwell, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So first I have to say that John 17 is awesome. It's an awesome text. You can't hear me? Okay, I will speak louder. What I said was that John 17 is an awesome text. And I'll repeat that if, if you'd like. Here we have what some scholars look at as the Lord's Prayer. He gave us the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, but many of that is contained in this prayer that our Lord prayed. And in that sense, it was the Lord's Prayer. In John 17, as Deacon Sarah said, when she read, Jesus looks up to heaven at the end of his farewell discourse. He's about to die. And like someone nearing the end of their death, he has something to say. He wants his disciples to hear this prayer. And so he says it with an earshot most of the time of what we know. When Jesus goes off to pray, he does so alone. And the prayer isn't overheard. And here we have Jesus towards the end of his life praying not only for himself, but for his disciples. And what does he say? Unlike in the synoptic tradition, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where Jesus asks for this cup to pass, in this text, Jesus prays that he would be glorified, that the Father would be glorified. So when I was working on this uh, sermon... There's a million different things in John 17. Deacon Sarah and I were talking about this morning that it's hard to choose because there's so many things going on. There's so many themes. There's glory and love and unity and, and, and all of these things. And here we are making things more complicated. And today is the Sunday between the ascension of our Lord, which is Thursday, and next Sunday is Pentecost. And so among all the themes in John 17, we also have these themes of the Ascension and Pentecost. And as we've sung already this morning, Alleluia, sing to Jesus, his the scepter, his the throne. We're celebrating the feast in a sense of Christ the King, whose reign first began on the cross, that the first throne in this sense was the cross. And Jesus, throughout the Gospel of John, had continually said that the hour had not come. And yet here in John 17, he prays, Father, the hour has come. Well, we're not talking about 60 minutes. What we're talking about is the death, resurrection, and ascension. This is all part of this hour. 
It's all one thing. In separate events, but it's all one thing, and it's all for one purpose, that he would die, that he would resurrect, that he would ascend. And so what I would like to talk about today are some of the things that go on in our life where we're to do the same thing. Our, our lives are meant, if we are following Jesus, to be cruciform, shaped like the cross. We are meant to give our lives to die in living and in the death if the Lord calls us. And in the same way, we are called, as I get older, my hope increases in the resurrection of the flesh. That someday I won't wake up. You know, you know my wife laughs at me and you know, holds my back, right? And someday that is our hope. We, we pray for it every week. We believe in the resurrection of the flesh. And someday. But Jesus was first. He resurrected from the flesh, never to die again before all of us. And we're also to share in the ascension. And this is a little bit trickier. It's easy to think about how our lives should be cruciform. It's easy to hope for the resurrection of the flesh. But what does it mean to participate in Jesus' ascension? Well, we are citizens of heaven. And Jesus is our king. And if Jesus is Lord, then no one else is. And in this way, and this is wonderful, this is why we're here this morning, among other things, is to participate in the ascension of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you how we do this. In a little while, your Father Joe, our priest, is going to say, lift up your hearts. And we're going to say, we lift them up to the Lord. And where is our Lord? In heaven. He is risen. He has ascended. And so when we lift our hearts to the Lord, our hearts are ascending to heaven. And then what, what's the next part of the liturgy? And now joining our voices with angels and archangels and the whole company. Of, you understand how awesome this is? There are people who don't believe in angels and yet say, we join our voices with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. But we do believe in angels because we join our voices with them every Sunday. And that also is awesome. This is not just something that we say. This is something that is predicated upon Jesus actually dying and rising and descending to heaven. And in our liturgy, we reflect that. And so we ascend our hearts to heaven. We join with the angels and archangels and the whole company of heaven in singing his praise. And what do we say? Holy, holy, holy. See, God is thrice holy, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we say all of these things, and yet what are we doing? We are entering in now to this heavenly liturgy, the heavenly banquet to which we are invited. 
and as, as we do this, your Father Joe will pray to the Father that the Father would send the Holy Spirit to sanctify the elements and make them the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Well, there's our Pentecost moment. We have the ascension when we lift up our hearts to the Lord and we have the Holy Spirit coming down in what's called the epiclesis. The Holy Spirit comes down and makes the bread and wine, the body and blood of our Lord. Now, if that's not exciting, I don't know what is. We come here. We gather as a people. Your Father Joe says, Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is how we gather. He didn't this morning because we're still in Easter. But anyway. We gather as His people. Christ is made known in Scripture. And then the breaking of the bread. And what for? So that as we came and as we gathered, as we experience as Jesus is made known in Scripture in the breaking of bread, so then are we to go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. And so we come so that we can go. And one of the mysteries to me is, well, why couldn't Jesus have just stayed? He resurrected from the dead. Why did he have to go? Can you imagine... Jesus dies, his mother Mary's at the cross weeping, although she understood what was going on. But she saw her son being tortured, being hurt. And then he's resurrected. She must have been very excited. But then he has to tell her, but mom, I need to go. Why is that? Why did Jesus, after rising from the dead, have to leave so soon? Well, in part, if Jesus stayed, his disciples might have been attached to his person, his his, his body, his, his localized presence. And that was a good thing, but I tell you what, they didn't get Jesus while he was there. Jesus feeds 5,000, and the next thing you know, they're crying about a little water. They're in a boat, and there's a storm, and oh, what are we going to do? They didn't get it. The disciples didn't get it until when? Until Pentecost. Now, they made some mistakes after Pentecost, but they got it. And so Jesus had to go, because that's why he came. And in the same way as we come here, we're not coming here so this little light of mine all together will make a real bright sanctuary. We're doing it so that we can go back out into the world. Because no amount of darkness is ever going to overcome the littlest bit of light. And so in John 17, one of these... One of these motifs is glory. Glorify me so that I can glorify you. But another is unity and love. 
Because we're meant to reflect that glory. Jesus glorifies the Father, and the Father glorifies Jesus, and in the Holy Spirit, we get to share in the divine glory. But not so that we can keep it, but so that we could you give it away, so that we can reflect it into the world, so that the world will know. There's this wonderful song, I'm sure that we all know, that they will know we are Christians by our love. And if that were true, maybe we wouldn't need to be here. But it should be so compelling. And where does it start? It starts with us gathering, the proclamation of Scripture, preaching, Christ being made known in the breaking of bread, and then our going out. And so if there would be one thing that I would say is lift up our hearts. Let's lift our hearts up to the Lord where he is that we can do his work, that we can live according to his will. And let's continue looking forward to the resurrection of the flesh. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.